everyone, and welcome back to the Smooth Thrills Radio Hour Series 1. I'm your host, Jason Rutledge. Thank you to everybody who listened to, or is maybe still listening to, and chopping their way through the dense underbrush that is Episode 1. From the comments we've got, it looks like some of you have some pretty strong opinions about Wolfen. Uh, keep them coming. Comment on the posts, or send us an email anytime. Autopilot at smoothrillsradiohour.com. Now on to Episode 2. In this installment, we're looking at Richard Stanley's gritty, grimy, cyberpunk tale of technology and violence that is 1990s hardware. A little bit of a warning for you, there's more cussing in this episode than usual, but I think I'll get used to it. I'm joined in the studio once again by Nathan and Katie, so let's get on with the show. But first, here's Iggy Pop with your traffic and weather. And a friendly reminder, when you look at it, be sure to wear your shades! The radiation counts way up in the heat wave ain't expected to let up either. Weather control tell us it'll probably hit 110 downtown before nightfall. As for the good news, there is no fucking good news! So let's rock with one of our golden oldies! <laughs> that yes, and it was, no it mentions of real Corinthian leather. Because I think the original was the original show on Saturdays back in the, the original. I believe was on Saturdays. They yes. tried doing that, and that's like a death time slot now. So it only Fridays lasted. and Sundays are the slots you want. Full complete history of cable and network TV. Shows. Well, Fridays was also the death time slot back in the day. Was it? If you that's had, how that's how oh, Star yeah. Trek died. They moved it to Fridays. Friday night. If you had a show, you had Friday, a show oh, no, called Friday. Fridays, you wouldn't want it on Friday. <laughs> you would only last two <laughs> Is it Tuesdays that are good then? I know Sundays is like Thursdays. prime slot. No, I mean, Thursdays. Friday might be now. I thought Friday was then. then, but now that you say it, isn't that what no, X-Files got moved to? Was Fridays? They went from Sundays out. Well, Sunday, if you're HBO, that what that that's, that's money in the bank. But, Have, you're not going to watch it, else. never mind. Watchmen. Fantastic facts, fantastic journey. <laughs> the HBO series. It was Don HBO. Johnson. Okay, Fantasy It was on Sunday, but it's done. <laughs> First telecast, January 28, 1978. Last was August 18, 1984. That doesn't say It days. started, oh. oh God, it started Saturdays at 10. P.M.? This that's Eastern crazy. time, but yeah. Yeah, but still, even P.M., that's like definitely Tail nobody. Then they decided time. to give it a break and moved it to Fridays at 8. For a month. Wait, are you talking about Fantasy, Fantasy Island? Island? Yeah. Okay. And then moved it back to Saturdays at ten. I know yeah. Dark Angel was on Tuesdays. I watched that religiously. Well, Fox always actually had. They were okay with it. It didn't matter what day they put stuff on. They, I think people were attracted to the shows regardless. No, the show Fox killed for scheduling was Futurama. That show should have been on between. What about Werewolf, yo? It should have been on between The Simpsons and X Files. Would have Freaky been a perfect Links spot didn't to do well it. either. Freaks and Geeks, yeah. No, Freaky Links, not Freaks and Geeks. You didn't even make the link because it didn't do that well. Oh. It was an Ethan Embry show about a guy who, like, did conspiracy well, theory then stuff. Again, I, also, and I loved it. I also remember it Fox when they first started and had bullshit like Herman's Head and. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's not bullshit. It's great. Had a show called I've learned, Whoops. I've learned today. <laughs> Things that he thinks are boring, I'll probably definitely like. And everything that is considered not good is your favorite. <laughs> he 
he said love guru Na- and then whatever Na- that was. Nathan is shockingly forgiving when it comes to some movies, I think. Well, no, I mean, there's some shit I won't watch. Like anything then. past 2000? No, that's not true. I saw 2001. Um, <laughs> I saw that years before that. That's true. No, I do love a lot, but I, I just... Mm. Is it the connection you have with it? No, I th- I th- I've gotten to a point where maybe it's my old age, I guess, where I go... <laughs> I like your quotes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just age. not even fucking trying. I can't even do the quote right. Yeah, it's grasping right in the air. So, <laughs> um, where I'm just like... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like interested, but it's mm-hmm. also like... I bet, I bet it is great. But you know what I mean? Well, like, this is hereditary. why there's not a lot of why very few horror movies in my collection that are dated beyond 1992. Yeah, I started watching it. It's on Prime. I know, yeah. but why why did you not continue? I, I don't like the girl in it. Millie Shapiro, the little girl, the, fucking, the dead kid, or the the bird thing. Be I'm careful! Like, he probably didn't even get to that point. It's like uh, five minutes I, into I, the I, movie. No, it's not. <laughs> I kind of know. It's, yeah, but it's. I love that movie. But well, I do. You, love, it's a horror movie. Someone's going to get killed. And I love. What's her name? Tony not a Tony Collette fan. Tony Collette. You're not? Uh, oh, I thought you weren't. No, he doesn't like Millie Shapiro, the little girl. Oh. The, the poor like, little you, girl. God, you're just mean. And I thought they got a bad break. <laughs> He's like, fuck kids, I hate them. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's just like. <laughs> you, I mean, she's, she's supposed to have something kid. wrong with, no, she is. She's like is she? 14 or 15. Oh, I thought she was older than No. Okay. Mm. She got her start on Broadway. She did Matilda. Okay, that makes sense. This was her first film. Stop that. Well, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not not liking it. I Have just you seen it? Finished it. What Hereditary? Yeah, I love Hereditary. Yeah, I've seen Hereditary. Orangutan. Yes, yeah. saw that too. <laughs> yeah, I saw Orangutan. Is there a movie called no, Orangutan? No, there. Wow. Well, yeah, probably. There's also that Orangutan movie. No, I'm. I'm not thinking of. Uh, I'm not thinking of Every Which Way But Loose either. Any which way you can. No, no, nobody thinks of that. Uh, With so Tony many. Danza, Going Ape. Yes. Danny DeVito. Going That's Ape. That's not yes. orangutans though. Because <laughs> that was really big on HBO at the same time as the Peter Falk kangaroo movie, where they have the boxing kangaroo. Isn't that Matilda? Yeah, I think it is called yeah, Matilda. Yeah. Oh, but not the Elliot same Gould, Matilda, right? Of course, Elliot Cole. He was in everything. Yeah, he did everything back then. Him, Ned Beatty, and Louis Gossett Jr. were in every Ned movie Beatty. made between for yeah. a period of time. He was in Fred Williamson movie, Mean Johnny Barrows. Well, so was Roddy McDowell. I'm like, what? Anyway, <laughs> I love Fred Williamson, but it's just like it is. It is true, Nathan. People are in movies. I know. What? You, you, you got that right. People. <laughs> who knew? People who need people? There was that person in that movie. Doing with the stuff. other guy. He had yeah. hair, wore shirts sometimes. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to cut the first seven and a half minutes or so of this. Are we really? <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> this is, but this is what the show should be, right? We're just rapping about movies and shit. Rapping. But it doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense. What we talk about doesn't. There's a lot of podcasts that don't make sense, right? Come on, we can be right. part of that group. No, we're, we're supposed to be talking about hardware. We're supposed to be discussing... Oh, shit. Sorry, I almost forgot. Uh, welcome once again to the Smooth Thrills Radio Hour. Once we get, get the singer, we're, like we're going to... song intro or something? Oh, shit, could you? Oh, yes, it's late as night, and the feeling's right. No, I don't want you to do no? that. Okay, no. well, I already did it. Okay. Uh, hardware, one of the first... Crocus albums. It's not, you couldn't call no, it the first not. cyberpunk movie, but it was the first really official... 
cyberpunk movie. Okay. We're discussing full cyberpunk. on cyberpunk movie. Well, what happened yeah. was in June of 1989, various essay writers and critics and your general literary elite type people did a joint conference presented at the University of Leeds and at UC California Riverdale, where they actually debated all this and came to the conclusion finally that cyberpunk should be its own literary genre separate from fantasy, science fiction, and straight-up fiction. So cyberpunk was officially, as far as they're concerned, born at that time, and hardware, which was released the 16th of September 1990, probably would have been what you consider to be the first. You could go back and say, yes, Blade Runner, of course. Maybe even throw Silent Running in there. Maybe it'd be stretching things a little bit. Mm, yeah. I, I think you could go as far back as... Um, Colossus, the Forbin Project. Okay, that's a, yeah, that's a good one. Should largely forgotten these days, but well worth watching if you get a chance to. I'll add it to the um, list. <laughs> yes, 1990 Hardware, Richard Stanley's first movie, who I know you adore. No, I do like him. Uh, the budget on Hardware was only one and a half million, which is staggering considering what they did with it, because it looks fantastic. The art direction on this is spot on. I mean, they must have gone to every junk store within three counties and just bought everything and stuck it into the set because it's just jammed. It ended up doing pretty well. It made five, 5.8 million in its run is an early Miramax release. And just to give you an idea of how good this movie did, all things considered, here's a brief list of what it was up against in movie theaters at the time. Um, Postcards from the edge, die hard Two, ghost air America, wild at heart, my blue heaven, the exorcist three and repossessed Flatliners, Dark Man, Men at Work, Young Guns 2, Problem Child, Pump Up the Volume, Goodfellas, Total Recall, and Miller's Crossing. Which was within three weeks of each uh, other. All that shit came out. So for them to actually beat out some of these movies in the theaters yeah. is a remarkable piece of work. Especially considering that films. almost nobody remembers Sequels, this thing now. Yeah. And it's, it's a criminally unremembered movie. It doesn't get a lot of releases... That's don't, true. When it does, it, come it goes back out to of theaters. And, you know. We had that one Blu-ray release years ago. Uh, who I forget who did it. Well, Severn did like a like a two-disc edition, which did I they? think is out of print. And they have like a single disc. I think it was one of those that. that got tied up in like rights disputes or something. Probably over the music, because the soundtrack yeah, the on music, this is pretty yeah. killer. <laughs> what like uh, like Ministry or Motorhead or yeah, something? Public like Image Limited, uh, Motorhead. And you have Guar in there too. Yeah, Guar. But <laughs> it's you mentioned Motorhead, and so I much think, disdain for Guar. Well, no, I'm getting to that later. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Motorhead, and I think it's kind of funny that the original choice for the cab driver was not Lemmy. They actually wanted to get Sinead O'Connor. And she wanted to play Ace of Spades. She, she's like, have you heard this band? It, I would hope so. I can't imagine them blasting Nothing Compares to You as they're headed down the, the river of... Not if Prince had to say. That, no, no, that no, would have no, been no. awkward. They also tried to get uh, Bill Paxton hmm. for, the, for the lead that. role, but he turned it down for Navy SEALs. Hmm. And our world was never the same afterwards. Because this... I don't know if you ever saw the movie Slipstream. Yes. Yeah. I could see him. That That's almost a cyberpunkish it was before this it was 89 slipstream yeah wasn't that uh mark hamill was in that yeah yeah i get that one confused with the uh, the chris christopherson movie millennium for some yes. reason yeah because that they're no, very that's got some cyberpunkish type stuff going on too for for a lot of these people not truly but yeah 
most of the people in this movie were fairly not well known at all. I think Dylan McDermott might have been one of his first, what did you say, three movies, two or no, three? No, that was John Lynch. John Lynch. Uh, Stacy Travis, playing Jill, had previously been in Phantasm Two, Earth Girls Are Easy, and Dr. Hackenstein, but that's Hell about yeah. it. Those are three great movies right We there. have the great William Hootkins. Yeah. Playing Lincoln Weinberg Jr., who was Red Six in Star Wars and was one of the two people that sent Indiana Jones off on his mission to find the Lost Ark. Yeah, that's right. Great character actor. Dallas native, by the way. Uh, moved to London early in his career and made a name for himself there. Yeah, uh, Sinead O'Connor. That would have been would have been interesting. I mean, I it would have been good if more women in the movie. <laughs> there was one. I said more. I didn't say a woman. No, wait, you had the, the Chinese family downstairs. True, true, true. Right. When she smashes through the window mm-hmm. at the end. So there were at least two. Oh, okay. And this is one of the movies I like. It hits all the major cyberpunk tropes, really. You have the overall theme of any cyberpunk story is high tech for low lives. And this one hits perfectly. They're buying technology they don't even understand. Uh, yeah. Just picking crap up off the ground and thinking, yeah, that's cool. Let's do this. It doesn't work out so well for them in this movie, obviously. No. And then <laughs> Dylan McDermott's almost the 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 heavy in this. Almost, he kinda, yeah. He starts all this. He fills out one of the other major cyberpunk tropes, I think, in this movie, which is the street samurai. Uh, that happens a lot in these movies. I don't know if you saw it. You kind of saw it in Blade Runner, sort of, although they were more on the Android end of things. Um, yeah, Street Samurai, Razor Girls, Mirror Shades. We kind of get that with Shades, although his glasses aren't reflective. But in any cyberpunk story, you start seeing these same things over and over and over again. Dusters. Lots of... A du- lot of dusters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not dust devils yet, but dusters. No, and that's... I can't find a decent release. I don't think there is a decent release of that movie. But mm-hmm. ever, nothing is ever going to come out There's, of that. Yeah. As far as I know, he, everybody has pretty much given up on on that getting Richard that. Richard Stanley's real stuff is like it. mired in difficulties. Always is. I've listened to a lot of interviews be. with him lately because of Color Out of Space coming out, and he's mentioned like wanting it to come out, but it, he wants it to be the one. He wants it to be, not what the studios wanted it to be. Why would the studio even mm-hmm. well, there's multiple well, cuts. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Du- they, they There is a DVD that had like two or three cuts, mm-hmm. if not, yeah. I'm not entirely sure why the studio would even care at this point. I mean, it's not exactly well, I don't think, a high demand. They're, they're not going to get a lot of money on that yeah. version. I don't yeah. think he wants it to be released what he didn't want it to be. Uh, but he also wanted to do a sequel to Hardware. that was I think it was going to be called Hardware Red Zone. Hey, maybe we'll to, get it. Supposed to take place on the U.S.-Mexico border and involve armies of giant killer robots or something. And mm. I guess uh, going from 1.5 budget to 5.8 gross just wasn't quite good enough to justify giving the green light to that one. And it became like it did a lot better on home video. And oh, certainly. Cable. It found, an, it found its audience yeah. on cable. Do you think it would be too late now? For what? To do the to sequel? To do a sequel. No, it's never too late to do a sequel. Well, the only reason I say that is is because he just got greenlit for two more films in the trilogy for Color Out of Space. Hmm. So this could be the stepping stone for him to do more. To do he what he to. wants to mm-hmm. do. Slide his passion project back onto the table. I don't know. He may, His heart might not be into it anymore. I don't, really don't know. Yeah, may not. We'll, we'll see. Maybe too much, too much time has passed. Who knows? Uh, so hardware starts off. We know that civilization has suffered some kind of catastrophe. There's some kind of war still going on, although they're not terribly specific about it. Right. Not that I think they have to be. 
No, you're well, just they, thrown into this world. Well, and they definitely let you know out. that it's bad when they're talking about the events from the night before and 597 people died. and So you know that it it's not good, like, at all. Well, so. we, we have our, our luxuries. They've got their lactoplasm, whatever that is. TV still exists. Guar is still around. They survived. Although yeah. many, many cleaning products were the, evidently a casualty of war because we don't see anything. No, no wipes, no vacuum cleaners. Obviously, hygiene is kind of taking a dive. Yeah. But then again, everybody's isolating themselves completely. It, I don't know. Have you ever seen that the movie Split Second with Rucker Hauer? It kind of reminds me, although I think this came af- that came after Hardware. I don't believe I've seen that but one, though. It, it has that dystopian, dirty vibe to it mm-hmm. that you're like, you know, and the hardware definitely fronts that well, quite a bit. kind of trace that whole trend of uh, the future is a lot filthier than we think it's going to be, but I would almost go back to Alien. Because that was one of the first sci-fi movies I can think of that really showed you working um, class. Yeah, everything was glossy up to that point, right. probably. Yeah. Especially, uh, I'll pick on Star Trek too much, but yeah. Star Trek was immaculate compared to Alien. Yeah, because it was just, they're just, you know, working the rig, basically, in Alien. Sure. And it's, it's a job. But it. are those films considered dystopian, like post-apocalyptic? Where most of your cyberpunk films right. are... Shit's gone down. I don't, it's, know. You so could, you I don't, don't know if it's have, post-apocalyptic, but, but definitely you don't dystopian. have that. Yeah. I would, well, no, I'd say Star Trek, the motionless picture, is not necessarily hey, dystopian as much as it's, the future is going to be boring as hell, possibly. Mm. But so you had that to look forward to. to me, like when you have that turmoil, Sorry, that's almost <laughs> where you lose your luxuries in life, whereas Star Trek is just the future. It's not necessarily, oh, stuff went bad. And now this is the future. Right, it's they just, just maintained, yeah. yeah. Like Megaforce. Speaking of persons, yeah, yeah, man. Well, yeah. that wasn't that futuristic, I don't think. You couldn't count. It's that. a bit futuristic. It's Mad Max style futuristic, maybe. I don't know what year it's supposed I don't to know. be. I just remember having a fight. It could with, be like Max Headroom, twenty minutes into the future, I, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I just remember having a fight with somebody about whether we were going to see Megaforce or. And you're like, it's deeds, not words. <laughs> Firefox came out the same weekend. So. But anyway. Both are great. No, we'd lost uh, all hope for the future by the time hardware was produced. Yeah. Yeah. We're all assuming that this is where everything is going. Well, I just, that there is definitely that disconnect where if it's just a future film mm-hmm. or it's the future after something bad has you happened. You could say this is going to be the future for most of us. Uh, <laughs> someone else might have a better time of it, perhaps. Well, there's like really dystopian fare prior to that. They kind of set the tone. I think what uh, do you Quiet think Earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going way back. That's like yeah. 85. It's was not, it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, 84, 85. Why do I think that was the 70s? You're probably thinking of that Paul Newman movie. What's the name of that one? Paul Newman did a dystopian sci-fi it's, movie? Rollerball? kind of. It has no, that's a similar James title. <laughs> Cut next. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't know what it is either. Um, but yeah, no, that's like sets forth the tone. Mm. And Blade Runner has a lot to do with it too, with the dystopian. Blade Runner, I think, would be in the middle because you still have your luxury some, but it right. is still you have after a, you have a, a culture bad, system. Yeah, it's yeah. still it kind of like bridges yeah. the gap between Star Trek and hardware. Well, I kind of like the way William Gibson put it, the guy who wrote Neuromancer and Mona Lisa Overdrive when founding fathers of cyberpunk, he always said, the future is here, it's just not evenly distributed. I think he said that. If he didn't, I'll cut this part. It, it kind of makes sense here. Someone in, in the world of hardware might be doing okay, 
no one in this movie is doing okay. Yeah. They definitely don't it's show us to, the good side of it's it. It's hard to tell what they even do. We Iggy know that, Pop seems to be doing okay. Yeah. He's having a great time. He, yeah, he's he yeah. Might be an AI. We don't ever see the guy, but he's True. there. We know that Jill does sculpture for somebody. I don't know how she's going to get any of that stuff out of her apartment and shipped, but, uh, you know, whatever. It's Moses. Like that TV mountain and the squeeze Michael Keaton was doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the only time you'll get a squeeze reference. Anyway. <laughs> I would hope so. But <laughs> we have Moses does something for a living, I guess, just scavenging. It he's seems to be the, what most people do. So I'm assuming that's something. Like, they don't really explain it other than no. he is part of this, the core. I'm assuming, group of people. Starship troopers kind of thing, maybe. Whatever it is, it doesn't pay very well because they're all kind of slumming it throughout this entire thing. They can get drugs, easy yeah. enough. I mean, Shade spends pretty much the entire movie wasted out of his mind. Yeah. But he kind of makes up for it toward the end. Right? There are some redemption mm-hmm. arcs. I mean... Because you think he's he's not worth a shit at all, like when... Uh, Mo calls him, mm-hmm. to, you know, to enlist his help, and he's just <laughs> he's like, "Let me put my trousers on," and he just and then falls he, yeah, he just passes out, and you're like, "Oh Fuck, yeah, never mind." But also, one I guess bright spot is, and this is something that escaped me the first few times I watched this movie, was that Hardware is a Christmas movie. So it's Brazil. There's a lot of like dystopian Christmas movies. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's that's subtle, a subgenre within but a subgenre. It's there. Maybe because this will I be love one of my new staples for December. Yeah, I love unconventional Christmas movies. Movies that just take place around that time. For example, tying in our whole scavenging Christmas thing, I have a brief clip here from Hardware. It's been a while. Yeah. How's it going? Fine. How are you? Pretty good. Got a job customizing these consoles for these uptowners. <laughs> Welfare checks are coming in. Can't complain. Uh-huh. See my new pet? I've been using it for a model, and I woke up this morning and made a web. <laughs> What'd you feed it? Little bits of soy mints. Sometimes I catch a bug. Sucks them dry. I got something else you like. I've been basing my work more on organic forms, but sometimes by the time I've finished, it's hard to tell. It's like I'm fighting with a medal, and so far the medal's winning. It's very po- powerful. Thanks, Shades. Jill, I got something for you. It's horrible. I love it. <laughs> what is it? Maintenance drone, I think. I picked them up out in the zone. Probably some kind of new design they're testing. I thought you could make an ashtray out of it or something. Just look at the workmanship. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You don't look so bad yourself. Merry Christmas, baby. There, there's a lot going on in that clip. 
I get the impression Jill does not like shades all that much. I get the impression uh, she doesn't like Mo all that much half the time. Right. Well, they have, <laughs> they have an undescribed She was past. clearly hoping that he would tick much higher on that Geiger counter so she didn't have to let him in. <laughs> I think shades is into her, though. I feel like he's just the, the, the lonely trope. Like, mm. he's going to lash on to whatever is there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And this is kind of like where it goes in a terminator territory yeah yeah i feel like i'm fighting the metal but the metal wins right but also like it was one of the machines in the war potentially and he just picks an undying up vibe clearly it, the yeah. terminator as a movie does not exist in the world of hardware otherwise you wouldn't be picking up just random right war machine things out of the out of the desert and dumping them all over someone's floor it's kind of never rude. been an issue part well clearly she <laughs> likes that <laughs> yeah but they may they may have never found Jill, anything intact like that before. I brought you a giant sack of garbage. <laughs> Dump it on and your floor. And then she makes something out of it. <laughs> well, she's an artist. Yeah. You know, she can see she can see the worth in that. I guess. Redesigning console for an out of towner. It's kind of vague, but okay, we'll go with it. I don't know. We don't know. Was it an Atari console? You think? <laughs> no, it wasn't. That would have been a scream though if they dumped an Atari console in. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> Some kind of drone. <laughs> You pretty much get the entire setup there. You have the potential danger, which is obvious to everybody but the people in the movie. But that's that's always fun. <laughs> right. We know that yeah. they're getting into the shit. And, uh, isn't it like... It, isn't it called like a ticking time bomb or something? Like the audience knows it's going to be... An, I know Alakini's gun is also a thing where it's like it's put in place and you know it's going to be a thing at a point, right. but you don't know when. So. Well, in this case, the giant killer robot was on the poster. Oh. So... I mean, you know that there's robots too, so you don't know if it's hmm. going to be that or they're always because killer depending robots. on the poster you look at, like the one I, I used for my post today did not have a robot on it. But they're always going to be killer robots. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the original always. poster doesn't really. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like a crosshair on a gun. The uh, U.S. theatrical poster that was the VHS oh, that's the right, HBO that's right, video, right. and there was also the soundtrack album cover. But yeah, everything like DVD wise has had the robot on it. So you don't know what you're really getting into. And prior to this, I think, I don't know if Richard Stanley and it would sound weird if he were inspired by Albert Pune's films. But <laughs> Cyborg had come out a year before this, but also something like Radioactive Dreams kind of has that. How many people do you think would admit to being inspired by Albert Pune films? Well, I for one. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know. Kind of walked right into that, didn't I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Goes back no. to what I said earlier. It's not <laughs> the norm, then Nathan's for it. Wow. Albert Pune tries really hard. It's not a bad thing. He does. Okay. He tries really hard. Give him some credit. Albert but Norm MacDonald is one of my favorite comedians. You're right about that. So it is difficult. Mm. If it's not the norm, I'm probably not going to watch the stand-up special. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was another, I mean, this is an obscure connection, too, and I doubt that this was ever coming into play, but I don't know if you ever saw the movie Hands of Steel, the Italian exploitation film, where the guy has that robot mm. hand. Which reminds me of the very, yeah. Dylan McDermott character. Oh, yeah. And also, it's in that society, that Terminator-esque society. Shouldn't sure. you take your robot hand off when you shower? 
That's well, what kind of bothered me. Well, when yeah, he but he's got this. He's got like the. It goes into his veins and all oh, that. True, they show true, that. True. I don't know if he can. It might be tricky. Yeah. I really should see upgrade. Because <laughs> it's very much cyberpunk where people are altering themselves. Is it with more machinery. Richard Stanley or more Sergio Martino? I can't just, answer just to pick that. One. It's okay, just but pick one. Just just keep the, your actual forward, answer doesn't matter. But that is it. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like your actual answer doesn't matter. Not, so not, just pick one. It doesn't just pick one. It doesn't. I thought you were just like dismissing my comment. Just don't no, bother. No, I think he was just dismissing mine. Oh, <laughs> no, but that you touched on another very important cyberpunk trope, which is the acceptance of technology into the body. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's but, always about changing yourself. Yeah. And that came whether around whether it's implants or you the, know. The idea of being okay with that came along relatively late in the whole. Well, in my development case, of science fiction. like. To be a little personal about it, the whole time growing up in a Baptist Christian family, mm. there's a point to this, I promise. Okay. You are taught that if you take any implant into your body, it's taking the mark of the beast. So it's weird how a future is heading that way of whether it's um, RF readers for like jobs or mm-hmm. credit cards or things like that. When you have had it bashed into your tiny little kid brain your whole <laughs> life, it, it, it makes you nervous. So acceptance for it is whether you believe it anymore or not, you go, well, what if, mm. you know? So yeah. that's just my personal thing with it. I can see why it would be a so, hard yeah, thing. Sticking a robot hand on you or getting the backs of your retinas glossed up as they did in Pitch Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, another criminally underrated movie. Is it? You know, I haven't found many people who have actually seen it. My I mean, mom the, loved the immediate it. crowd I run with, of course. It's but got a huge following, though. It did. And it I mean, just it's didn't had get... how many? Two and sequels? And the Xbox game is supposedly one of the best go- best games ever. Escape from Butcher Bay. Oh, okay. So, hmm. just saying. So, anyway, yes, back to the, the movie at hand. Yes, the acceptance of that technology as a part of your person, very important to this, very important to cyberpunk moving forward. Just the acceptance of every kind of technology... Because they, they don't even know what they're doing. They're just picking stuff up. It and makes me wonder at, how far into it is it. Is it mean? like clearly something happened for them to be living the way they did. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that they don't even know what they're doing with it. So it makes you wonder, is it early on I in think so. whatever I mean, happened? Or is it many years down the road? Or it, it strikes me just given the art direction and the setup of Jill's apartment. You have these m- massive consoles. Mm-hmm. For security, giant blast doors to your apartment. But that doesn't. This has been mean, going on for a while. But the Something's thing going is, on here. is, the technology could have been put in place prior to the event happening. Mm. So the technology could have been there, but for them to be at the point where they are dealing with finding the so, right. aftermath so, or whatever. So probably originally, it was all set up to protect you from. Everybody, and now but now there's just not a lot of people mm-hmm. left yeah. to protect yourself from. I can get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But unfortunately, none of Jill's technology protects her from uh, Lincoln. Lincoln Weinberg <sighs> Jr. Call him that as portrayed by the great. Was weird as hell. Most of his dialogue he wrote himself. Explains a lot. He improvised quite a bit. It is super creepy. So that was the direction. Be creepy. In this scene with her, probably. Honestly, even the scene prior to I'm this one. I'm hoping it wasn't just be yourself. The I'm thinking scene it was something where like he's be watching them have sex. Oh yeah, it was even he's like weird. Like all for like and the, anal the, and the, lo- oh, the yeah. rubber gloves, and then he calls her acting like Mo. Like it just it's weird. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot. No, about you, that. you show you kind see of the, the, the eye. Mm-hmm. And, wait, and is that like the that's not paper. the poster though? No, it's almost, no. So, I mean, there's so. no way you, you can't show a really sweaty guy putting on rubber gloves. I don't know. I think he could pass for Dylan And he McDermott. had the really long nails under the glove. It was just all very gross. He does get to do a song and dance number though later mm. in the movie, which I have to point out because it's just an amazing piece of work for Mr. William Hookins. If I sing. You want me to sing? I don't really care. Just get us out of here. Okay. Oh, we all walk the wibberly wobberly walk. And we all talk the wibberly wobberly talk. Oh, we all wear wibberly wobberly ties. And we look at all the pretty girls with wibbly wobbly eyes. I made that up. Look, I want to make two things very clear to you right now. One, there is no other way out of here. So that means that droid is still in here somewhere. And two... You just want me to leave. I just want you to open the door. Why are you so afraid of me? I'm not afraid of you. Why not? Two. My boyfriend, he's in the core. He just got back from the zone. He just went out for a pack of cigarettes. Any second, he's going to walk through that door. And we don't want him to get the wrong idea. Do we? Check. Good thinking. Okay. This should just about do it. So we can go. Oh, wait, I just want to... What? Your blinds. What about them? You closed them. I just want to... Oh, we all walk the wibberly-wobberly walk. No, I didn't. And we all talk the wibberly-wobberly talk. No, I didn't. Don't! You don't want to keep these closed. You won't be able to see Santa Claus coming. Man, robot really goes after Lincoln there. I don't blame him. Poison injection, the eyeball thing. The, Maybe the robot the, is not, he's a feminist. He didn't like the song. He's not a misogynist. <laughs> I think he was deeply offended by the musical number. <laughs> Hard to that. say. Yeah. <laughs> but no, as far as I know, everything that he did in that in that entire scene was his idea. Whether it was the nose licking thing or Speaks the song. Volumes or, for him. Well, the robot has that wibberly wobberly walk. Does. So he's offended. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, the, the robot kind of is not that great. He's not, yeah. on my people. He's not yeah. terribly coordinated. No. <laughs> he's like the pre-89 Daleks that couldn't ascend stairs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, before they put the rockets on him. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. But the set looks fantastic. Oh, the film the is visually is amazing. Yeah. I do like that the font on the little readout screens is the same one they use in Star Trek. That's like the fifth time you've mentioned Star Trek today. Star Trek is is going on at the same time as this. This is next generation right. territory still happening, but it's going yeah. on a very different track from where everybody else was going until they got to the Borg. 
and the Borg, you could argue, were very cyberpunk. There you go. That's on. pretty perfect. The Borg came into what? The second season or third season of? Might have been third. But that was about the same time. Was it? Might have been. I really don't know. I, I kind of lost track of the whole TNG thing. TNG started the, in 80, fall of 87. Okay. Right. So They were still using recycled scripts from the original series at that point. Right, right, right. But, I mean, the Borg was one of their inventions, obviously. But, yeah, I think that mm-hmm. was around. Because Best of Both Worlds was, what, 90 or 89? But they'd already done Borg episodes prior to that. So this is that right. may have had an influence here. That could be. It was... I mean, the cyberpunk became almost inescapable as a genre after this. It just exploded all over the yeah. place. I'm not saying it was because of hardware It was the standard for dystopian fare, almost. Sure. Yeah. You know, Blade Runner was getting its second life on home video. Well, it was about to have its 10th anniversary director's cut re-released in 92. So, yeah, it right. was perfect timing. One of the, what was it, ended up being five different releases of Blade Runner we've gotten yeah, there's five since then. Cuts, yeah. <laughs> Well, and then again, Close Encounters has like three, three or four different three cuts. Three cuts, yeah. I mean, it's not sing, not to single no, out no, no. But, uh, Blade Runner there, yeah. but these think these kinds of things happen. The hardware has its place for sure. I can't talk on any of this. I don't know any of that. I know Blade Runner. That's it. Okay. So I can't you don't comment no, we're just on Star Trek the, stuff, though. The timing of this with the Blade Runner sure. re-release seems yeah, but perfect. I, I, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think what I was trying to say is I think maybe perhaps, and this is just guesswork, is like maybe this took cues from Star Trek, the the next generation. Probably. You're going to want to make things relatable to what people are taking in at the time. So you opened that up with the whole text thing. So I'm like, there's probably more to that, actually. You might be Mm. onto something. Maybe not. It could just be coincidence. But yeah. No, they would have been. Everybody was borrowing from everybody else. We were trying to officially put Star it. Trek is like the science fiction standard, so it we kind of makes sense. Pretty much putting an end to the 1980s at this stage, and yeah, that was that was the other thing. You're going yeah, into a new much, decade. Pretty much yeah. every genre was getting kicked to the curb as far as the way the 80s treated it. You started getting stuff like hardware, where no, 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 we're all going to be dead. <laughs> the killer robots are coming, or the cancer will get us. Yeah, one of those things. And then you had a lot of dystopian <laughs> fare around that time. Like Highlander 2 was in the future dystopian. Starts oh, yeah, Lord, no, I know. Not Highlander no one 2. Loves it. No. no. One loves it. But <laughs> it, it does Please. have that dirty, wet streets, you know, robotic vibe going on here and there. Sort of roughed up looking Sean Connery. Hey, by the way, <laughs> speaking of Sean Connery, let's hear that impression. No, again. that was pretty amazing. <laughs> Okay, do your Dom DeLuise instead. Who told you I had a Dom DeLuise? I did. I don't have a Dom DeLuise. Damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to think back to uh, Hot Stuff. Was he in, he was in Hot Stuff or maybe he Cannibal Run? He was Jerry Reed, Suzanne Plachette. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Chaos. You could do the da-da-da-da. You could do that, right? <laughs> it's been done. It's right there. Not I as good I cannot as what you could that. potentially do with it. I can't top that. Oh. What other sci-fi was going on in 1990? I'm struggling to remember because I ran down the list of other movies, but I wouldn't really count except for Darkman, possibly. Any of these that really fit into that? or I don't know if you can't even count Total Recall. Oh, yes. I was thinking about that when you said it was in the theater at the time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily consider it cyberpunk, but it was definitely science fiction, science yeah. fiction and, and smidge dystopian even. Oh, yeah, Because definitely. if you're taking... 
these getaways in your mind, clearly you're getting away from something. Right. So. And all is not what it seems. Just more space-based. Yeah. We do get the androids. You do get some of that in there. Even though we don't bit. even... Are we ever once told if this is set on Earth? You're not, now that I think about it. That's a good point. They yeah. do not mention... Anything about unless setting. Unless the DJ said something in very yeah, brief. I watched it this morning and I don't remember any of that. They mentioned very... Uh, the only geographical location they'd even make reference to is the zone. Mm-hmm. Mm. So no, they they don't mm-hmm. necessarily. I never and took that it to be, be a anywhere. Corman Francis reference to Red Zone Cuba. I don't think so. No. No, I I don't I don't think so. Okay. Oh, that would be very interesting if that's what they were going for on that one. <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing that did come out this same year was, was RoboCop say, Two, which was the sequel to Verhoeven's RoboCop, which is. <laughs> Not all that in the future. No, but this is clearly an influence on this. Actually. I agree. I just like how you clarified that RoboCop 2 was the sequel to Well, I don't want RoboCop. people confusing it with the uh, bootleg action figures, Robert Cop. Robert, Robert Cop. Cop. Yeah. We don't want that. So. And you said it with such conviction to RoboCop 2, the sequel to RoboCop. Yes. Robert But Cop. Paul Verhoeven having mm-hmm. done Total Recall. Mm-hmm. So that was an extension of RoboCop. So... He didn't want to do science fiction to begin with, so it kind of Yeah, I'm, I'm sense. glad he did. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, didn't Starship Troopers come out that was not long after the 92-ish? Seven? Was it? Was it that late? For various reasons, my 90s experience is sort of compressed into a singular timeline that makes no sense. Mine is so. like non-existent because <laughs> so, um, I was a yeah. toddler. Um, 97. Oh. Well, yeah. how about that? I just remember going to the movies and seeing the trailer for that. And how I was so against it at the time. I like the movie now, but Mm -hmm. it was just the use of CGI was just too gratuitous. If you didn't get what they were going for, you hated that movie. Oh, yeah. But the the social commentary is hilarious. It's it's a great satire. But but I remember that I was sitting behind a guy who was like, how the hell did they do that? Mm. (laughs) Like effects wise. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, sir? (laughs) I've never seen it. So, but is it decent CGI for the time? For the time, for the time yeah. it is. Okay. It's a, it's, it has shown its age. I'm sure. Yeah, but I, it was but just... But if it's a it good enough th- film that you can watch now and not care how yeah. it's aged, then... Yeah, and I have that view now on those films. But at the time, there was just this influx of everything CGI-oriented, and it was just there overkill. There are things now that it's like, if it's heavy CGI, it's like almost right. like I just don't. I don't well, there, there's, it. yeah, there's, yeah. it's not CGI. I mean, there are things that date hardware and it's mm-hmm. the kind of monitors that are used, the big clackety keyboards. But that still, even the effects in it are, thank God it doesn't have CGI. Amazing. Yeah. Like That's one thing. I've only seen that. two Richard Stanley films now and both have complete practical effects mm-hmm. and they're just visually stunning. Like those, that's definitely right. what he does. Like so. that would ruin this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And they didn't have the budget for CGI oh, no. anyway. There's no way. No. But there's, and it sounds weird that it's very organic, mm-hmm. but it is, this movie. Mm-hmm. You had, like I said, every junk shop in the state must have been dumped into this guy, into this woman's apartment. She does her own stunts in this movie. Completely. Through the window? Does she? Yes. Really? She does. I wow. thought she looked a little too big during the window shot. Because I thought about how it didn't really there look might, like her. She might have been padded up or something Maybe. like that. Was that. Like the stunt double and I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> For his mother with the mustache. The motorcycle stunt in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's some gold right there. 
But yes, that a lot of them had to do their own, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if some of the actors also held a microphone every once in a while or moved a light stand around too. Well, when you were saying that all the junk shops in the area probably dumped in for this, a lot of it was probably just reused constantly. Oh. They would move from this shot and then just oh, move sure. it all over to this shot. I can't imagine yeah. having to mm-hmm. move all that stuff though. But it, you do what you got to do. This would be a dream set design gig, though. It would be. Yeah. I mean, you would just if you gave that person the budget. And, mm-hmm. you know, Every single shot inside that apartment makes perfect sense for that apartment. Yeah. All of it. The crap out kitchen. Mm-hmm. Even the shower, all of it. It's just a fantastic piece of work. And the story almost is, I don't want to say it's non-existent. It's mm. definitely there. It's not a, like a full, like, amazing storyline, but it... No, there's not a lot of depth It here. takes backseat to the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And Simon Boswell's score lends a lot to that as well, and it just elevates it. The score and is amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I could watch this movie and not care what goes on plot-wise. So you're just <laughs> in that world, and it's just lovely to look at. And yeah. The score is amazing, like she said. And, yeah. Even the shower scene, it's like, I don't really want to look at Dylan McDermott personally like that, but it, it's a fucking beautiful <laughs> shot, you know? And the music just amps Who it was the up. cinematographer on this? I will find out. Or who is credited for it? I'm... I'm wondering if Stanley, Stanley himself didn't some do some of the two. I, I would imagine so. But no, I have no. I, I really should have looked that up. Figure out what else. And what was Chivers? Never heard of him. Excellent hey. work. Did he work with Stanley after that? Um, let's see. Well, immediately after this would have been was Dust Devils after this, or was that was something that was already this. in the can before Hardware? I don't know if it was. I think I'm not was, sure about that. Was, he did do Dust Devil, and it was in '92. Okay. Okay, so it did come afterwards. He also did Highlander: The Final Dimension. All he right. Just mentioned Highlander. The third one, yeah. <laughs> he did a lot of music videos, which makes oh, sense. Oh, well, that's, that, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah a lot of people. No, did I can definitely see. In the Final Dimension, has this kind of grit to it as well. It's got a gloss grit. And even Michael Bay got his start doing music videos. Yeah. He's done a lot of, like, he did Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Like, he's done a lot of known music Richard videos. Stanley did Mr. Brightside. That is not what I said. No, Stephen Chivers. Chivers, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Stanley did music videos prior to this. Is that he what you're was saying? A, almost a documentary filmmaker mm-hmm. working with the BBC. Like, he was out in Afghanistan when the real violence started erupting and what. Wasn't it one member of his film crew ran off and joined the resistance and like, just so. dropped mm-hmm. his camera and took off, wow. joined the resistance against the Russians? He hasn't had a lot of good luck with his crews <laughs> keeping yeah. things together over the years. But he, he did uh, the documentary in Haiti about voodoo. Mm-hmm. The, I believe it's called Underworld, the whole thing in the monastery. The Otherworld? Otherworld, yes. Then out, based on all that, I think he got, he talked somebody into letting him do hardware. Then Dust Devils, and then of course the now infamous Island of Dr. Moreau. Debacle. <laughs> yeah. Is it though? I mean, I remember seeing it in a drive-in and not thinking it wasn't. Well, I didn't mean the film. Bad. I meant everything that went on with him well, yeah. with the film is what I meant by debacle. Oh, well, yeah. the movie's. Uh, the tone is deeply all flawed. Yes, yeah, yeah, but, but it makes <laughs> you wonder: had all this stuff that was going on behind the scenes hadn't been going on, would the film have turned out differently? Right, almost certainly. So, and there's definitely. definitely and then there's egos what at I, play is as it well. Island of Lost Souls, which is the documentary about all the went on with that. Yeah, but, yeah I don't know if that's it. Well, Island of Lost Souls was another version of the of the story. That's the oh, old I thought that Charles was the documentary. Film. No, it's 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 just called Lost Souls. I oh, think. Yeah, my bad. Uh, I've seen but Island of Dr. Moreau. That's far more entertaining than the actual film. 
I saw the seventies one in a drive-in. I saw Stanley's in a drive-in. Seventies one. Barbara Carrera mm. and Michael York. I mean, come on, James. No, Burt Lancaster. Who's oh, the other yes. actor who was in? Forget that, he was in that. He was Doctor Moreau. I don't know what to say about hardware. It's lame. It's a good flick, man. <laughs> Check it out. It's, good it's good, it out. but I do feel like it is definitely sometimes style over substance. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, like you said, there's, there's not a lot of plot going on in this right. movie. You're definitely thrown into the middle of something happening. Mm-hmm. And there's no and one then, really likable or relatable in it. I don't. I am not one of those people that I feel that that has to be no, a thing when I watch but it. But like no, you're attaching yourself to something like, that you can't really attach yeah. yourself to. But that's why the atmosphere, I think, that's what's inviting. So it's sort of like a Michael Bay film in that way where nobody in the movie is likable and they don't even like each other. There's not a lot of explosions, though. No, there's True. not. So there's so definitely that. not Michael Bay. Even in the shower scene. No explosions in the shower. Yeah. No man butt either. Uh-oh. That's right. You were keeping <laughs> score on man Take butt, it. weren't you? Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because as I was watching it, I was like, got to make sure I mentioned this if this is a thing. Does the droid butt pop in there at the any point? Butt. He barely has a body. Yeah, it's true. It's mostly just, yeah, the head and some vacuum tubes. That's why he's all wobbly. <laughs> a couple of shock absorbers, whatever else they attach He's to. He's working on it, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good watch it's not like i watched it and went damn there goes an hour and a half of my life although it did yeah but in a good but not, way but yeah well spent would you Nothing's recommend this than, oh yeah you, if somebody's saying i need to see i'm into cyberpunk i want to see more of this kind of stuff i actually tweeted somebody about it to see if they've seen it because they're very much into cyberpunk mm-hmm. stuff so and did they dig it they have not responded yet oh, oh no okay. on the fence the robots it. got him <laughs> could be that's what it is robots got him and on that note it's time to end. Thank you all for listening to this other action-packed episode of the Smith Throws Ready Hour. That's it. The show is over. Thank you for listening. The Smooth Thrills Radio Hour is a production of Ghostcraft and is recorded live in Dallas, Texas. Please email your questions and comments to autopilot at smooththrillsradiohour.com. Enjoy the rest of your day.